Hey everyone, we are taking this release cycle off of normal episode production, but we didn't want to leave you with nothing to listen to, so we thought we'd publish the most recent episode of Fun Chatty to the public feed. Now, uh, Fun Chatty is our bi-weekly patrons-only chat show, where we talk about each episode after it's released, along with... Uh, I mean, kind of whatever else is on our minds. Um, sometimes that's the state of uh, the tabletop role-playing world. Sometimes it's our ideas about media and entertainment or the cyberpunk genre. Uh, often it is complaining about how complicated Shadowrun is. Sometimes it's the movie Cars. In this episode of Fun Chatty, we talk about the big B-team battle that happened in episode 12. Uh, we talk about how we went into it and how we reacted in the moment to the various surprising developments that happened in the midst. This is also an extra special episode because, uh, spoiler alert, it features Star Wars man about town, Mr. Anthony Baby Yoda Carboni, who in a few episodes time will be Fun City's first guest at the table. So that's very exciting. We hope you enjoy it, and if you want more fun chatty, there are five other episodes and plenty more forthcoming in the future at patreon.com forward slash funcityventures. We're going to have one more little bonus surprise for you on this, uh, the main feed, next Friday, and then we're back with episode 13 on Friday, March 13th. See you then. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fun Chatty for Fun City Episode 12. Let's go around the table and say who is here. I'm not looking at anyone in particular, so we're going to see. Clockwise, who's... Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. Clockwise means that I start in the circle. Um, <laughs> you know they can't see From us, right? Mike. <laughs> From Mike. Okay, that's true. Um, <laughs> Mike was supposed... Oh, I'm supposed to say Nick Garcio. <laughs> Heard of him? Heard of him. Shannon. Okay, boys. Sorry, I'm continuing no, I'm still, on. No, Shannon. I'm, I'm still doing mine. Jenny, give um, me a second. Shannon. Shannon. Jen's here also. And so is Bijan. Baby, if you've been listening to the show this long and you don't know who uh, I am, uh, <laughs> yeah, you might be a red. <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, I, I, think, I think this is. Here's your sign. You we... might be dumber than a fifth grader. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, what's that guy's name? Larry Foxworth? Now I get the the reference. I was thinking Larry the Cable Guy, but that's a different different guy. Here's your shine. That's not Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) What's that guy's name? Billing Ball. Billing Ball. No, uh, Larry the Cable Guy is... Get her done. (laughs) Get her done. I'm in cars. (laughs) I hate hate this fun chatty so far. (laughs) What? I love it. Everyone's turned it off. They're like, I'll skip this time. Okay, have I told this story before? I have... Boy, I gotta be careful with the details here. Is this the one about the sandwich that you puked No, I... He's the story that I'm not going to tell on the show. Immediately off the rails. (laughs) I know someone who knows someone who worked on a Pixar property. Okay. And he got he got access clearly cars, but he got access. Shut the fuck (laughs) up, Nick. He got access to the like the show bible for the Cars universe. And yes, Yes. they do have genitalia. They don't have genitalia. (laughs) Okay, okay. And they are the you are never allowed to write anything or address anything about how cars reproduce. Oh my! That is a subject not to be touched. And hold on, and it is canonical. In the Cars Bible, in the Cars like document that out lays out the world that there is no God. Not, <laughs> not, not that you can't talk about God, but there, there, it is a godless universe. Oh, wow. so, like, so like Veggie Tales, because like Veggie Tales, the Veggie Tales like don't go to heaven. That's that's like part of the show. Like they they are consigned what? to hell because they aren't human and don't have human souls. Wait, that I is not true. That's that. absolutely true. That is, I've seen every Veggie Tale. Absolutely never, true. Never does one go I to hell. No, like but a they're religious show. Yes, yes, but they're vegetables and they do not have human souls, so therefore they cannot enter heaven. Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> they, when their souls are extinguished when they die. <laughs> is this Shaddy. what you guys wanted? Um, also, sorry. One question <laughs> yes. about cars. Did you did you see that that tweet about how like if cars are sentient and they reference World War II because they did, the planes in 9/11 are also sentient. Oh, because right, that yeah. takes place in that's some real, that's some real like <laughs> abyss of canon shit. World War Two and nine eleven happen in our like in the same timeline. Yep. 
Not necessarily. What if the Nazis won the war, <laughs> Bishan? Okay. All right. <laughs> in the Cars universe, did the Nazis win? Yes. Hitler won, and we're living in a post-Reich uh, world that just happens coincidentally to look like us. Which uh-huh. is that's a really powerful statement if you think about it. That it doesn't matter who World War War Two, like the odds would be the same. Yeah. It's what the Cars universe, you know, <laughs> supposes. This All right. So the veggies actually- are. <laughs> does dovetail though into one of our questions from the Discord? No, it doesn't. Oh, it does. Do it. I want to see it. But Mike said we cannot canonically cannot say <laughs> how Shadowrunners reproduce, oh, um, yeah, or true. whether or not we have big genitals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no huge meats on this show. No, it's just it's written in the show Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we do. We have a bunch of uh, questions from the Discord, and I think there were a couple things that we wanted to talk about. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about right off the bat is something that we did wrong in. In the episode 12. Normally I don't care when we do something wrong, but it's big enough that I think it's worth talking about, um, which is Taylor. Uh-oh. At some point you, no, 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 you're right. You were right about something. Incredible. Um, uh, Unbelievable. At, at, a, <laughs> at some point you, I believe as Dragonfly, were upset that filling Viv's stun damage track did not knock her unconscious. I'm gonna be a Super Saiyan in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. So I knew red. it. I knew he it. Is so yeah, red right he's now. very rushed. Oh my god. So here's the thing: is that in the core rulebook, it does say that when you fill up your stun damage track, you are knocked unconscious. It does not say it in the damage section. It oh. says it in the description of several uh, like biotechnology implants that you can get. Excuse me. And not oh. directly. That's insane. It says in the description of like a heart uh, and like one other things and if you have this installed when your stun damage track fills up you won't go unconscious. Jeez. Oh wow. So I definitely missed this. You know? I have yeah. never played a game where filling your stun damage track not like takes you out of play. Yeah. I've only played a game where you fill up both tracks and then and and I learned uh, yeah from the discord yeah that's not how you're supposed to do it. That's apparently. also why we have a discord. So some rules are secret. But yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. But in that book, they <laughs> this are. is how Shadowrun is played. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is, I would like for us to continue playing the way that we have been playing. Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, that makes the stun track less useful and important in the game. Here's the thing that I, here's the compromise, that when your stun damage track fills up, you basically lose a turn. Like, you have to spend a turn regaining. Doing this. Yeah, Whoa. exactly. Yeah. Uh, there are little uh, little I'm, birdies yeah. around your <laughs> yeah. head. Yeah. Mortal like, Kombat. Yes, 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 Mortal Kombat oh, yeah. style. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? that seems fine. I'm okay with it. Yeah, like you Wait, do we also get fatalities? You get knocked out. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm if, trying, baby. if you want to remove someone's spine from their body, I feel like TK is uniquely... Equipped to, you know, that's way too. Mm, okay, I'll think yeah. about it. I mean, I feel like Shannon and I have the most likelihood of filling our stun. Yeah. Um, just by the way we operate. Yeah. So that sounds like a nice compromise to me. Yeah. Like you would get you would get knocked down and it would take you a, a turn in combat but to you'd like get up again. Yeah. Yeah. I could easily like just don't, try to don't do it again. <laughs> check. Kumbawamba has nothing check to do with sports this one scores too. and accidentally <laughs> cause myself to fill up my yeah. stun yeah. damage. Yeah. Yep. Although this would probably benefit us in the case of like the Jast fight, uh, like us versus one. And you basically just have to do half the damage, then they're knocked out and then unconscious. If if we didn't do the birdie rule yeah. and it was a true unconscious, we would kill <laughs> the them. Birdie rule. But I like the birdie rule. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't want kill me, please. I don't want. <laughs> <to die. laughs> I mean, what if you guys had to fight without me? Yeah, what if? What would like you do? That must be a situation that it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm sure. No, what's gonna. Oh, I, already, I already figured out what's going to happen, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, just bring it, bring it to life when you have the opportunity. Yes. <laughs> Has Lex taken any damage? No. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, no. We Lux care is, about oh, you. No, no, no. No, in the, Everybody the, just the, feels the, bad. The toxic no, no, no. wave from Jazz. There was oh, some, okay. There was the some, bad guys don't care. I'm not saying you, no. guys, you guys care. I, the bad guys don't you care. You didn't take any damage. You, you just have a fear of water now. And I destroyed your bit. armor, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. to the caftan. Damn. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. in it. Well, apology accepted from all of you. <laughs> please drop some please drop some Fs in the chat for Taylor. Yeah. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Yeah. I also got um I don't I never know how to react to things like this. Like I feel like the the thing of You're doing great. <laughs> I feel like the thing of you 
someone should have been knocked unconscious. That's a big rule to miss, but I understand why you missed it because it's buried in the core core rule book. Like, whoa, catalyst, yikes, shadow run. I know, right? But then um, I was looking on Twitter uh, when I went to go tweet about the Kickstarter union happening. Congratulations, Taylor. Thank you so you much. Broke you broke your fast for Kickstarter. I, I broke my fast for yeah. Kickstarter. Um, and I was just looking at some of my replies, and one of them was someone being like, if Viv had to roll at a disadvantage because the blow dart from Lash was a surprise, then shouldn't Kit Kat have rolled at a disadvantage uh. when the the blades from Dish were a surprise because he didn't see that coming? And like, I have an answer for it. Like, I know why. Yeah. But God, I just, I, <laughs> my immediate reaction to things like that is, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mike, I really feel like Shadowrun isn't a game you play. It's something you feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a vibe. Uh, and the vibe is not being able to like look through the book and be like, why isn't there a section that just says how no. grenades work? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, just like, it's, it's just like real life in that there are no straight answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really perfectly modeling the real world. Uh, who can say, really, is the answer who to all say? of those questions. Mm -hmm. Catalyst, we love you. You've made such a compelling world. I love playing in it. I love you. Just fix yeah. the rules. <laughs> just please. <laughs> There's no God in the cars. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Do they it. have an explanation for how the cars started talking? No. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, those are the two facts. That's I getting dangerously from... close to the re reproduction question. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Forvrin had a couple questions about the fight and some specifics about the fight, and also some like more general questions about how we got there. The first is, did y'all decide on the boyfriend-girlfriend relationship right in the moment, or was it pre-planned for all of your moral hazard shenanigans? I don't know the answer to this. Taylor? I, I, imp I improvised that in the moment. That was crazy. That all of us, all the gaps you heard on the podcast were real. Like, yeah. we were yeah. shocked. I had no idea. <laughs> Look, this is... Let me tell you something about storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Taylor dropping some narrative wisdom. It's all a bunch of shitty tricks that anyone can master. <laughs> human, the human brain is a, is just a, a, a smiling sheep that you can tell <laughs> to do whatever you want. Th this is amazing. Like if you want someone to like give a shit that someone was just murdered, just give them a relationship with someone else yeah. who cares about them. It's the easiest thing in the world. Oh no, that person got killed. Why should I care? That was my girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> she, I mean, I'm a person in the world. Yeah, to be, yeah, to yeah. be fair, I do think like the thing that sold it was the thing about the sword. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was. Yeah, because it seemed like it was pre-planned, and I was like, "Damn, that sucks." Yeah. So you lied to us. Yeah, all the time. Mm. Oh, every story's a lie. Uh, the lie that tells the truth. Matt Storm also wanted to know where, Taylor, your inspiration for... Hey. I knew you improvised that! Yes, of course! Yeah. Of course oh. I did! A new challenger. Please. A new ladies challenger. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, from Radiator Springs himself, <laughs> the, the car you know and love. <laughs> it's me! Mater! Uh, get yourself a chair, yeah. Let's get him a chair. Oh, he doesn't have a chair. Now, yes, we'll get one. The handle of the sword says... Edward Dragon. That was my favorite. His name was Edward Dragon. That's when I was like 100% sure it was improvised. <laughs> we were freaking out. Also, that guy, Edward Dragon, is definitely a guy whose hip Shadowrun name would be Dragonfly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, everybody, please welcome to fun this episode of Fun Chatty, Mr. Anthony Carboni. Hello. Welcome. Um, spoiler alert, Anthony will be the show's first guest star for the episode that we are going to be recording next, uh, immediately following this. I'm first guest? You yeah. are the first guest. Ooh, first you should have gone ever. bigger. Should have gone way bigger. Uh, should have gone way right, bigger. fine. Next not, time we will. Not, not, <laughs> literally not enough room in this room to go bigger. Actually, wow, we, we do have I know, like, I'm taking a picture is, of this. This is like it. Yeah, you are the yeah. largest person that we could fit in this space. It's very I, small. I and like you're not it. a large guy. I so, yeah, I was going to say, that's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> is this your first time in the studio? Uh, it is. Do you want to lick the salt lamp? Uh, more than anything. Thank <laughs> you. Go yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's sort of a right oh, well, don't pick it up. You gotta go. You, you gotta, gotta, gotta go. go. You gotta go to it. <laughs> you go to the salt lamp. Muhammad goes to the mountain. Sure, of course. No, I mean, I feel like we did this. I did this. I don't know. Yeah, we all licked it. I yeah. definitely never uh -oh. licked this thing. Oh, oh yeah, no. there it is. Salty, right? Nick, I feel like you didn't it's, lick it. It's either. exactly salt in yeah. lamp form. <laughs> yeah. Now, can somebody tell me? Because I've seen salt lamps popping up everywhere. <laughs> Why? Why? What is the benefit? Is there one? Do they just look cool? The Himalayan brand. Yes. Okay. Now, the marketing copy says they, they clean the air or something. 
So somebody, so somebody said something about that to me, but that's the reverse of what happens if you burn sodium in the air. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. It's actually dangerous to yes. burn yeah. sodium in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You will notice yes. the salt lamp is not on. It's not on. But I was just kind of like, how did we come around to the magical health it's, benefits of a salt uh, yeah, lamp it's, it's from adja- literal poison? It's adjacent to uh, crystals, like crystal, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's in a very mm-hmm. similar... Or the jade egg that I have in my ass yeah, right exactly. now. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Oh, you're have you been watching? One? Have you been watching Goop? It's great. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've learned a lot about health. It is dangerous to just have one. I hope, I hope you were kidding. These headphones aren't attached to anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, they should be. <laughs> Do we... Okay, back to the question we had. Matt Storm was wondering uh, how it was, Taylor, that you decided upon the personalities for B-Team. Oh, God, I have no idea. I we, mean, this is... So we, we've talked about this before. Like, it's... I let the ghosts talk. Wait, so so they just sucked organically just out of your brain? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my. Oh, my. What was that gum? Uh, they were all mean. It did feel like you were going for, like going for real obnoxious with B-Team. It did feel like you were like, how do I make this the most obnoxious collection of people? Was Kit Kat obnoxious? Not Kit Kat. Kit Kat was Everyone reasonable. else. Kit Kat's, yeah. Kit Kat's actions were obnoxious. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know well, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They're the antagonist. Yeah. They're not pals. <laughs> if I was going to play pals... No, but know, there, was something, well, there was we, something real annoying about the way Kit Kat like, just fought and interacted, though. Not yeah. so, so, much, the, so we talked about him good, being yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Well, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is who I had in my head. Yeah. 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 Say that's the start. That's the one that we can at least say that, yeah. that there was a starting point. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, I have starting points for all of them. But like, yeah, that w- I was holding Tommy Lee Jones in my head. And the reason Kit Kat refused to play games is because I wanted a character that refused to play games and was just like, no, I'm here to kill you and to take all the things. Let's be reasonable about this, knowing that these idiots are not going to be reasonable and are are, are going to push back. I wanted like a Grimes, like a Frank Grimes character, just sure. like someone who's not <laughs> interested in like doing bits with you. Right. Who's like here to do a job. They were also put together to, uh, like, I wrote the character sheets and, like, their physical description, but, char- but like, all the character stuff was Taylor. And from the, like, that perspective, they were put together to be the stereotypical, irritating, like, genre-perfect Shadowrunner crew. Big personalities are fun. They also give me, like, an anchor. Like, the bigger the personalities are, the more I can, the more different people I can fit in my head at once. So I, I couldn't do five people that all sound like me at once because you'd lose track. But if you give if you give them all a voice or an anchor or an attitude, it's very easy to return to them. Yeah. Mm, Dish was very jarring. <laughs> I just, I feel like Dish, yeah. is, Dish is the one that I have the clearest, like, I know, I feel like I know exactly what Dish is like. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sunshine, You're right. Sunshine, You're right. Sunshine too. So I feel like Sunshine was very. Which oh Sunshine? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I, she, uh, the code names I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, pouring out. But I also it was like, damn, this person sucks, and I'm gonna remember this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dragonfly was based on was Matthew Barry. Matthew Barry. But people Clearly. keep saying David Bowie to me. Yeah. No, like, right? I I love Matthew Barry's voice. Yeah, so me too. I knew it immediately. <laughs> The other question that Forvern asked was uh, how much we as GMs are doing heavy lifting in presenting ethical questions versus how much input in the metagame the characters and players have. I guess that's a question of like, how are we progressing in storytelling and how much of it is me and Taylor like putting you in uncomfortable situations and making you have, giving you ethical quandaries. Um, Forvin puts it as Shadowrun as a practical ethics workshop and how much of it is you guys saying like, oh, we want to play this kind of game yeah the original so one of the other questions that we had was what was the original pitch of the show and the original pitch of the show was a shadow run show that tries to confront a lot of the like big sort of social problems that exist in the actual world via the news but i don't know if we said any of that to you guys when no, we, asked we never you to play did the show. yeah no you, you well, just said do you do you like role-playing games i'm like yeah, yeah. i love it yeah it was just an email <laughs> Well, and as a as somebody who's been listening from the beginning, I think it's just that's one of the things that's great about Shadowrun is that stuff is already baked into the world. And those things that the things that are baked into Shadowrun, the dystopian stuff that's baked into Shadowrun just becomes more and more accurate and real every year. So whether you're trying it or not, you're Mm -hmm. probably going to hit on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do love that our show is the good place but Shadowrun. <laughs> Wait, how, what? No. Ethical, ethical, ethical quandaries, baby. Oh, yeah. right. mm. Which one? So who's? Yeah, who's no, who? Okay. Don't think about who's who. This is an, emer- this is an emergent property. This is the buzz. This is the BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I feel like we should just leave that to the, the Discord to assign. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine yeah. with that. Mike does that. I'm just a imp in a box. 
it gets let out every once in a while. The thing that I think about a lot when designing missions, I think I've said this before, is that if I can imagine it being a problem that is solvable in a video game, I scrap it because you know, like video game problems have programmatic solutions and there's never like a middle way to solve a problem. It's like there's a way to solve. There's one of four paths or whatever that you can take. Whereas like I like to give you guys problems that I don't know how you're going to solve them because I don't know how I would solve them. Um, I want to look at a problem and be like, fuck, I don't know. And then throw you guys into it. Sorry. <laughs> Feels like that makes a lot of extra work for you as a GM. I mean, in a way it does, but in another way it doesn't, because if I'm not planning solutions, then I'm never going to do any extra work. I'm not putting together a pathway that then you guys ignore because you get distracted by something shiny. I'm just putting together a situation and then like you do what you want inside. That's fair. Of it. I guess it also does eliminate railroading, too. Yeah. It, yeah. We a, do a great love our shiny effect. stuff. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, Mike Regnetta comes to a fork in the path and there's an easy way and there's a hard way. And he takes out a machete and he turns 90 degrees <laughs> and walks right into the woods. <laughs> no, no path is hard enough for him. He has to bushwhack his own. Have you been talking to my therapist? Texting. Everyone go to therapy, please. <laughs> it's good for everyone. <laughs> Owen today asked, uh, uh, oh, sorry, no. Just Owen. Uh, this question was asked today. <laughs> um, asked a really interesting question that uh, I would love to know how you all feel about, because I don't think we've actually talked about this. Um, he said, I really like how the big fight got a self-contained episode in itself, neither rushing it nor making an episode that has the free play slash character talk sort of around it like a sandwich with a giant block of cheese in the middle. <laughs> the latter is arguably the point of D&D APs, though, as the system makes fights a central feature. So how do the players and GMs feel about the combat and non-combat balance part of the story? I thought it was going to be more like D&D-like before I started playing because, again, I mean, I guess we're going to get to the, like, oh, how'd you guys start playing and how did you meet each other and whatever eventually. But I was just like, oh, this is this is way different than I expected because it's a lot more focused on character development and less on the kind of dessert of like doing combat because you don't really like you don't really get anything out of combat is the thing that I that it took me like a few months to realize <laughs> because like the interesting things about combat are only interesting because of all the story stuff that you do beforehand um, but yeah I was I was surprised I don't know what about you guys I, I have to like switch to another tab like as we're <laughs> playing you know it's 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 a literal shift when we when we play between these two areas because we're still rolling we're still I still ascend I still you know we have tests everywhere we go but it's a whole nother ball game <laughs> when we get into combat and I, I don't, I'm never ready for it yeah I think I get confused <laughs> in the both worlds for a different reason one is like okay we're not in battle and I think because the Shadowrun universe it, it like so closely mimics the universe we live in it just becomes overwhelming all the things we could do or talk about or decisions to make so then I get overwhelmed with that not not in a bad way just kind of in a fun way and then when we're in battle there's so many things also you can do in battle that I kind of get overwhelmed by that too in that way Shadowrun is so different I think from D&D from my experience playing D&D at least D&D you can do like six things yeah, yeah. ten though Ten, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. As of five, it's ten things. Um. So yeah, switching back and forth, it's kind of just like, oh, cool. We're gonna do a different thing now. I'm still kind of overwhelmed, but in a good way. I mean, I want a compilation of every time Mike asks us to roll initiative, and we're like, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you guys want to fight more? I mean, how many dudes do you want melted? <laughs> I don't have to melt everyone. One more, one more, and it's a runner. One more, and it's a very funny runner. It's true. It's true. But so I think, I think our my position is Karen melted himself. Wow. I'm just, I'm picturing it. Remember the free Kevin bumper stickers that that were. You all might be too young for this. Kevin Mitnick, Anthony Carboni. I remember. Okay, good. I remember. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Yeah, there's like a very particular style bumper sticker that's weirdly stretched black text on a bright orange background that said free Kevin. And I'm just picturing that as Karen melted himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I get worried that what people want is just you guys hacking and slashing your way through bad guys. But that's not the show that I want to make. That's like, not what people want. OK, it's also, not what people even want. if they say that that's what they want, they don't want they, they, yeah. they're not reliable yeah. narrators also, of their yeah. own wants. Never, never <laughs> give people what they want. Like that's like, yeah. That's yeah. A, I mean, you saw The Rise of Skywalker. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Holy the room. Shit. I, I'm sorry. Bijan is loaded for bear. I still haven't seen it. Oh, really? Do you see how nobody's talking about it two months after release? 
<laughs> oh, We're talking about it. That's because I brought it up. Anyway. But yeah, no, I mean, like, my point is, like, don't listen. To, you shouldn't. I mean, telling stories is about, like, telling yeah. a story. Like, and that's, you and get I, to make it up. And I think to your point about, like, you know, when you get into battle, it's like a momentous thing that is only meaningful because of the other work that you've done. Like, I think battles are exciting. And this was the episode where the most uh, I saw the most people sort of publicly saying, oh, my God, this is my favorite episode. And I think the, the way that I try to read that is not we should be doing more two hour long fight episodes, but that a two hour long fight episode after like three episodes mm -hmm. of talking Yes. feels really momentous and that actually it's like those three episodes and this episode together are a favorite episode. Yes, mm -hmm. I agree yeah. because yeah. all of the elements, we can only have all the like cool, interesting elements we have in battle because we have all of the narrative beforehand of understanding where everyone's coming from and yeah. their headspaces. And... Steven Sondheim, I think about him a lot whenever I'm making <laughs> stuff. very surprising. Do you? Sure. Oh no, yeah. If you guys haven't read Finishing the Hat, it's a wonderful book about like trying to make uh, art and creative stuff. Uh, and also it, a very prolific Shadowrun player. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Would he be, would he be I, a hey, rigger? I gotta <laughs> say, if if Stephen Sondheim was a tabletop role playing game, he would absolutely be Shadowrun. <laughs> like that, he just that that that's that yeah. how much information is packed inside. Uh, but he's he's like, look, if you're gonna have a musical and you're gonna have songs, the songs can't just be nothing. And this is what separates his musicals from a lot of other musicals that are almost all bad. Is that Stephen Sondheim musical, a song has to like show you something new about the character. It has to move the story forward. Like you can't just have a song to have a song. A song has to be something moving it forward in some way. And I think battle is the same thing. Like about any battle can be great as long as something important is happening because of it. I also mm -hmm. think it really helped establish stakes because we do sometimes have non-traditional sort of approaches to the typical shadow run Johnson take this job get paid relationship and if it was always let's just blow it off and do whatever we want and there's no <laughs> consequences in this world then there's sort of like yeah why didn't everybody do this but if you know five people come to kill you then maybe next time we think about do we want five people to come kill us you know it's it's <laughs> there's, there's yeah. actually yeah. Like, you, yeah, this stakes. crew specifically would be like yeah sure yeah, maybe <laughs> No, no, come on. Do we still I... get to do the thing that we want to do? <laughs> All right. There is some metagaming in that, you know, we want to keep the show going, and you, as I think players, allow that to seep into your characters a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. If this were, if this I, were a I, home I, game, I might be more willing to just kill one of you off to make a point. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. <laughs> I am trying to kill one of you off yeah. to make a point. Um, that actually reminds me of one thing that I wanted to talk about in relationship to um, one of Forvern's questions, which was, uh, and some of the comments that have come up in the discord but were not asked specifically for this fun chatty which is how little uh, you guys use guns and what it felt like to fight characters that were freely using guns and to also be explicit once again that one of the things that we talked about when we started this game was that we did not want to have the player characters be gun users simply because talking about and using guns is a fucking bummer. Yeah. And it's one of the illnesses of our country and we did not want it to infect our game uh, and that we wanted them to have a to have a presence that was somewhat like what we feel for them in the real world, which is they are bad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so, like, well, yeah, what did it feel like staring down Kit Kat and Sunshine, who, you know, were just like slung with bullet throwing machines? I was I was really glad that Viv was behind us. Yeah. <laughs> it as a, as a player, I thought if I ever had a, to use a gun in this game, it's a terrifying thought to know how to use one. And I <laughs> How many of you have shot guns in here before? Never. Oh, I've shot a lot. Yeah. Uh, not oh a lot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all, the men have, all the men have oh, yeah. I wasn't allowed to not shoot a gun. Yeah. All the men have shot guns. Neither yeah. of Texas. the women have shot guns. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, but we're, wait, but the geography of this <laughs> yeah, is interesting yeah. I'm from California. Yeah. yeah. So you said I grew Louisiana, up in Louisiana, Florida, Texas. Alabama, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. south yeah. of the north. <laughs> the south like, of the yeah. north. South, it has Boston and Jersey and California over here. Yeah, <laughs> only once though. Wow. Yeah, so maybe it's a geographic thing. All right. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think it really gave the fight stakes because like you know the only people who have guns in this world are like those those that we've seen are those dudes and the police. I mean, both TK and Lash were incensed in the moment. 
like Lash was like, she talked about my thighs. <laughs> and TK was like in berserker mode. So, yeah, well, I mean, you know, he was insulted and then saw that, that woman die. Yeah. And yeah. she was also shooting you in the chest several times. She did, times. yeah. So I mean, it that wasn't was a different a small... woman. That was a different person. Oh, sorry. That yeah. was a different person. Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Both of you just walked forward, you bulletproof for a minute. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like um, just because we haven't played with guns since I think our practice games, um, guns seem pretty boring in, yeah. in the world. Like overall, it's just like, okay, here's this thing that does a shit ton of damage if you get hit with it it's like okay cool i mean <laughs> i lo- one of my favorite parts of the episode is when when we have to read the rule for full auto mode and it's Mm. The you get a minus nine penalty mm-hmm. because it's so much harder to dodge, and then every it's like we go around the table. Nick goes, huh? Shannon goes, wait, what? <laughs> Jen goes, say that again. And Bijan goes, oh, so I guess I roll one dice. <laughs> like it's all of us. It's all of us just it, reacting in turn and being like, oh, that's dumb. Yeah, I mean it makes sense, but like why? Yeah, I mean yeah. It, 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 I think the recoil paragraph is uh, pretty instructive, <laughs> and it's like it's very boring. Um, Although I think a grenade would be fun. I mean, no, 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 no. hold on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I hope you like using scatter die. Oh God. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'll I mean, the only yeah. projectile we have is a dart. Yeah. If they put it in, if they put it into Shatterrun, it's going to be fiddly. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. thing. It's going to be real fiddly. And that's that's actually, as a listener, it's one of the things that I that I've kind of enjoyed about the show is that a gun is also not only is it kind of a little more boring and mathematical as a player, but as a listener, it's a shortcut, right? Like it's a cell phone in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to find a way to eliminate the cell phones in the beginning so the horror movie is interesting and suspenseful. And I think it just makes things that much more fun to know that it's like, eh, not everybody's going to pull out a gun and shoot everybody right now. And that And when someone does, it means something. It means something, yeah. Um, I think in the future, what I will do is if we do have to, if we do get grenades, I will do what I did in uh, the game that we played, and I will actually just put something in your hand, and you'll have to throw it into a cup across the room. Oh! Um, and that, like, if you get it, depending upon how close you are, oh, is how good fun. your roll is. That's amazing. And maybe like the no, higher. I really want grenades. Yeah, wow, yeah. That's, you, did, you did the opposite <laughs> thing. For every two points of agility, you get an attempt. Sure. Yeah. Something wow. like that. Yeah. The, the reason that Mike and I keep, well, I know I do it. Like, I always reference grenades as like my synecdoche for how horrible sometimes it is to play Shadowrun. Is that that was the first playing in Mike's home game years ago where we met. Um, the first time I, I I really really met Shadowrun was when I was like, oh yeah, shoot a grenade. Let me look up real quick how that works, <laughs> and no. it sent me down this like Lovecraftian realization <laughs> that I was in a universe that was an antagonist to me. <laughs> that the the rules of the world don't like me, and, were, and you know, and like I was never going to fit in. It was like an existentially, I did the, the rules don't make sense. Oh, so it you was, feel that way too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that moment will always be like, oh, grenades. Everybody has grenades. Grenades are everywhere. You cannot find the rules, how they work. Yeah. Hmm. It's probably in the description of another item, like a cyber hand. I think that's or... true. I think it actually is in the description right, of body you, armor. Because you can put it in your armor, probably? Yeah, I think it is actually it in an armor armor. description. I love this because yeah. this is like the antithesis of D and D, where like the cooler the thing is, you just get to roll more dice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. cooler the thing is, it just works more, and you're just like, dope, this it works. works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, you want a laser cannon? Yeah, you're going to have to like calculate some tangents and yeah. cosines <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What's your? How's your math degree? No. I also don't think they know how to do examples in the book. If you read the book, you you would say there's nothing but examples in here, Nick. You can see what happens to Dana, the the shadow runner you're never gonna see or meet again for three pages. There's a little mini story here that's an example. But you're like, this doesn't. This is an example of how a principle of this game works at all. <laughs> it would be so simple to have just after after everything, just be like, if you do this, you have this many. You roll this dice. You do this. You do this. This is the check. Boom. It, it, there's none of. <laughs> That. It's, it's exactly like, an earth science textbook. <laughs> like right down to the example people who are doing things mm-hmm. where it's just like Tim and Dave are going outside to fire a model rocket. And like, let's figure out. Like, And you're just like, OK, this is a textbook. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So do you do you play Shadowrun on your own outside of I have not I played it once many many years ago and I've always I've always wanted to play it more um but it's so rare the the sort of the newfound popularity of D&D is a blessing and a curse I think mm-hmm. uh it's a blessing because 
um, more people are playing tabletop stuff than ever, and there is a halo effect where there are more systems you can play than ever, but D&D is kind of all-encompassing right now, and it's hard to get a group together to play anything except D&D, just because nine times out of ten, whatever you're playing, half the table's going to need to learn the rules, and you're all going to sit down and go like, well, is there a way we can just do this in D&D since everybody knows the D&D rules, and then you wind up just reskinning D&D, which is not bad. It's just not. It's just it's, not good for some kinds of games. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And uh, whereas, like the on the opposite end of it, you have things like um, you have things like Fate, which or I GURPS, think, yeah. or, which is like I think amazing. Like Fate is unbelievable, and for a table of new players, it's just like the best, easiest. You get thing. to immediately make a very cinematic game. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. for people who just want like the improv, the improv storytelling part of it with like the occasional prompt, right? Yeah. Whereas like this is very different because Shadowrun is I think one of the more mechanical systems you can play. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the most. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like it, it, there's definitely there's definitely stuff that you can get out of each of them, but it's it's hardest for me to find people to play Shadowrun. Oh yeah, understandably mm-hmm. so. Yeah. <laughs> the one other thing that I didn't know if we had talked about this briefly in our own show slack um, was whether or not we wanted to talk about what went down with TK. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna you know there's gonna give, be yeah. some fallout like or not fallout, but there's gonna be some <laughs> resolution feelings. to that in yeah, the next episode. But like, was there anything that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this is part of. I mean, this is part of what I was gonna say about like battle is just like this is the catalyst for all the story things you've been doing before. But like, I mean, I think with TK, it's like well, playing first of all, playing any role playing game character, at least that I've ever played, is like you you don't really know the character until you start playing it. Uh, or them, I guess. Um, and they become more fully fleshed out the more time you spend in their world doing their things, etc. Yeah, not like a tulpa or whatever, but you know, like it's it's more like a like a home that you get used to, uh, and you can find things in the cabinets because you know where everything is, and it's like you know you're you're moving into somewhere new. But anyway, yeah. So I think in that fight, it was like I was like, okay, I looked at the, my character sheet, and I was like, okay, I have all these things that I can do. What should I do? Uh, and then instead of in, there was something that clicked i was like oh okay instead of thinking what i can do like i thought what would he do right now and like how would he feel and like i think since the beginning i've been wanting to play this character as somebody who like has these like feelings that it that he cannot express or like really admit to himself uh and he's trying to like find a way to deal with them and articulate them and they all stem from like whatever trauma that is unexplained that will be explained eventually who knows uh but um it's one of those things. So, like, he he saw this thing that, like, really sort of triggered him. And, like, that was, like, what that was like. Uh, because, you know, I thought it was like, okay, like, he sees this horrible thing happen in front of him. And suddenly the fight is very real. And, like, suddenly he can't deal with the emotional, like, fallout from that and, like, shuts down. And in game terms, that is that is Berserker's Rage. That's a, I love that he, that when you said he goes into a Berserker's Rage, in that moment, I was like, oh, oh. yeah, I guess you would. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's like a thing that you, like, yeah. that's from the rule book. Yes. That's something that you have. Right. Yeah, it felt like a really good uh, twinning of, yeah, like what a character would do and then mechanical support for that right. action. Because yeah. that, I started thinking about, like, th- and this is how I'm thinking about the game now, and I think that was actually the turning point for me. I was like, okay, what what should, I like, what would he do? Based on these lists, lists of options, not uh, like not like what can I, Bijan, looking at a exactly. list of capabilities, mm-hmm. do right. It's right. like yeah. I, I've yeah. Again, it's like you know I'm getting used to the place that I'm living in, basically. Yeah. And um, this is sharp contrast to when you threaten people with your fire body. Yeah. 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 So like you know we're joking around and we're threatening Balto. I don't, I don't know if that ever like made it into the show. I think oh. that's always been cut. No, did we? Did, I think I, feel like elemental body. Elemental body. I don't, I don't, think, I don't I think, think it's ever made it in. Uh, yeah, you got in the in because we re-recorded that episode a bunch of times on the skimmer. Um, mm-hmm. you threaten him with a mm-hmm. flaming fist. Yes. Yeah. But none of it like did that. That came. That, that was made in, it in. That okay, was left in. Yep. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the way that you use that, you're yeah. always mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna turn it on, or you talk about turning it on. Yes. And they never Which do. is very different from how you jumped into Berserker's Rage. Yeah, yeah. And they, both, they both take a turn to do. So he was like, you know. I, want, I, I do want to say, you know, once again, as somebody who listens to a lot of, a lot of actual play shows, um, what I loved about it is a lot of people just play Berserker's Rage as a buff. Players play it as, I'm me, and I'm tougher now. And you, I'm, you and know. Here we go. And here we go. It's just me, but cooler, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they want to be... They want to be the Hulk in Endgame without being the Hulk. Right. Right. Or like it's like your Colossus moment. You're like, now I'm covered in titanium. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, and I'm just me, but I'm metal now. So good luck. And it's like, I really enjoyed that you played it as a berserker's rage where it's like, no, he's, you can't stop him, 
no matter who you are, if you're his friend, mm-hmm. don't get in his way right now. He's not thinking. He's not going to like this later. Um, he's going he's gonna to hate himself for this later, mm-hmm. but he can't help it, which is the way I think it's supposed to be played story-wise, but most people play it as, I found a cool potion that lets me beat everyone right. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and that was that was what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this is like, much, this would be much more interesting if I did this thing. I really liked uh, that, you know, like Nick, you picked up on it really well, yeah. and that yeah, Lux like picks up a gun and is like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is not, sometimes this is not good. That like the sort of yeah. little insights you get into Lux and TK's background, yeah. like that moment felt really, really nice to me. I think you guys did a really good job with that. Yeah, and I think that it's the way he played it was like you would think that this type of blackout kind of you can't trust even your friend would be the minimum for this type of uh of ability given what we all know about like that drunk friend that we have where we're like this guy's gonna get in a car or jump off a building or take somebody's chicken like (laughs) Tom's fine but if we stay until last call he will break a toilet he'll just break a toilet in the bar no one knows how he does it it's just always happens Drinks and two shots, and he's and he's completely uncontrollable. So like, doing absolute berserker's rage. And I think, I I think um, I like how whenever we do anything that I think really I can I feel adds a another layer of realism mm-hmm. is really helpful. I think if you were in the Marvel universe and you saw most of the X Men do what they do just to one person. You would probably be deeply scarred <laughs> and disturbed, <laughs> and they—they they're doing quips and stuff. But like, yeah. you just had anim- adamantium come out of your uh, of your body yeah. and you disemboweled. Is it canonically <laughs> that's supposed yeah. to hurt him? Like, yes. isn't that like yeah. every time? Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. it never—you never see it. I mean, except you know, Wolverine's always in pain. Yeah, yeah. 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 Logan More was. Than one. I mean, Logan was so good. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Plug for that movie. <laughs> well, I—I I mean, that would actually probably be one of the worst examples because I think there is some gravity they add to yeah, that character sometimes. But yeah. He There's, steals a lot of chickens. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Yeah, was that example I gave of something bad? Done? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it, it was the last in a series. So. Steal a chicken. <laughs> I guess I just mean like if your drunk friend steal can be so chicken. unpredictable. There's a party in Days of Future like... Past where they find they find an old Logan and he's just stealing chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 He's he stealing chickens, cutting their heads off and letting them run around. Look at all these chickens. That's my impression of Wolverine stance. Wolverine catchphrase. The the one from Vine, yes. Tell you about that. (laughs) Didn't have to be this way. (laughs) Um, Another question that I that I kind of had as a listener about that moment was, um, you're you're all very as a group. uh, One of the themes is you're all very um, you're all very sensitive to depicting violence and deciding how much to depict violence and you know like you sent me a really lovely list of considerations before I appear on the episode tonight it's like hey here are some things that we've decided we don't talk about here's some things that we've decided if you're gonna talk about it we should all talk about it first so how did you come to the decision to have like a really graphic moment in in that episode yeah, I mean, I think it was, I mean, it was basically like, I think that I just thought that was how it would play out. I don't think he would like, I don't think TK would stop until the thing was, the, the threat was extinguished. Like, I've, yeah, and I, it's, uh, it, it's something that like, sometimes you read about in like the better sort of like novels, mm-hmm. you'll like see a depiction of somebody like going into this kind of like blackout rage thing. Uh, and it's usually out of a, like a, it usually comes out of this concern for their own physical safety, but more often like their friends. And it's like, it's like the, the idea is that you don't stop until like the threat is totally eliminated. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know I just like, to me, it was like, okay, like TK would just keep going because he doesn't like, he's, it's not, he's not himself. And like, he's already like, he's already like, I think he, he like, if he could feel anything, it would be like terrifying. Right. And I think he like dealing with that is like one punching a wall is one way to deal mm-hmm. with that. Right. Like when you cannot express sort of the, the thing that you're feeling, but yeah, I, I mean, I figured like, you know, it wasn't like a decision I took really lightly. Yeah, um, because I think, you know, I think that it's it like changed how I play the character in right. like future games. And was it something? Was it was it recorded all in one? Did you all go back? Did you talk about I it as it was happening? Was there was that there was stuff two, that was edited right? out? We just uh, yeah, I mean, this episode was recorded in two segments, mm-hmm. but th- that was just yeah, like we got there and then went through it. And you know, I think what you heard in the episode where I like check in with everyone and I'm like, hey, are we all right? Like, yeah, that's yeah, like that was the most sort of talking about it that we did. I think one of the things that, because we, when we started playing, uh, or slightly after we started playing, again, I'm sorry, um, I had everybody fill out uh, RPG consent forms. So, like, in a way, we also 
we know what each other's no-go zones are. And so we know what terrible things aren't no-go zones. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, we are empowered to make decisions mm -hmm. about going into uncomfortable territory as long as it's not something that's on the list. So skull skull consistency was not on the list. Exactly. That was all Mike. That yeah. was all Mike. That wow. was Mike. Yeah. I, I am curious how you guys felt that about that. That was a moment. Like, that was a moment. I mean, just moments before that with Dish getting shot, you could tell you could feel it around mm -hmm. the table mm -hmm. how cohesive we were as a team and how like that betrayal like felt to us. Mm -hmm. yeah. We were like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like, no my god. <laughs> yeah, I think if if that I think it was just like kind of uh the fact that that happened that 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 shooting of the character it it kind of it made everything the all the rest of the situations like what's a way to say it it like uh, heightened the intensity it heightened the intensity and it wasn't it didn't feel like it was like throwaway violence is what it felt to me I think if that that type of violence was happening just kind of like you know what what was going on in the go you know, every like faces are getting blown up left and right. Right, right right yeah exactly but the fact that we saw that betrayal happen and then like it it made sense that TK would go into berserker's rage and then that that horrific scene of violence would happen because it just like yeah there was there is a reason for it. If it was just for right. no reason, then I probably would be more uncomfortable with it. But it felt very like real in the moment. Like, yeah, this is this is where the story's going. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also like TK is like a it's supposed to be like a deeply traumatized character. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, you know, I think getting triggered like that is like, yeah. Also on the on your way to are you? You were shot by her several times. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> thank you for thank you. Maybe it's like. For subconsciously or something whatever level you could know it you might be thinking i'm dying like you know yeah and that's not to excuse i, I don't know but it's definitely self-defense in a way and, and obviously just crushing someone's skull isn't at a certain point but there's there is something where maybe this character is also just like i'm and i'm dead anyway because i'm gonna die i'm gonna die from all but of these bullets in me I don't. I don't know. Maybe, I think I don't it know. was. I think the dish thing was like really the turning point because I, I think yeah. that fight would have gone very differently yeah. had dish not died. Just because right. like it really, it suddenly felt like there were real stakes. Like it yeah. was like, oh, this isn't just like another like throwaway fight with a bunch of cops who are like you know like getting clam flipped. Right. It was like right. a totally different kind of, totally different kind of thing. Yeah, and it's, it's it was a. I mean, just just from a listening perspective again. I don't know if y'all heard. I'm a listener. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Okay. I don't know if you mentioned that uh, yet, but um, it was a different kind of violence too. Like uh, there was, there's been a lot of stuff so far that's very like, you know, there's been a lot of magic and there's been a lot of like cartoony stuff, and it's like, whoops, we melted somebody, and like you know that kind of thing where it's like, even it's, the gruesome stuff, even like, the gruesome is still stuff is a little heightened. Hanna Barbera. Yeah. yeah, and this was like, nope, somebody was shot. Nope, somebody got, somebody got beaten really badly and that's mm -hmm. like whoa and that kind of makes it all kind of you know in comics they call it like pulling a cerebus mm -hmm. where like things start off like very kind of light and fun and then there's a moment where there is a once once everybody's invested in your characters because of the light fun stuff you go oh by the way bad things happen to these people too and mm -hmm. then you're like whoa I'm in like I love these people you can't do this to them yeah. and it kind of felt like that sort of moment story wise oh wow is that after the series cerebus yeah yeah He's a hilarious barbarian aardvark who eventually becomes the Pope and the weight of power is too much for him. <laughs> That's yeah. like, incredible. See, and, and like, see? Yeah. like, see? Yeah. Like, there are yeah. some years what? in between there, but it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's it's dishonest in a way, I think, to have guns like that in a story and not have them do anything. Mm -hmm. But it's because guns in the real world, like, everyone is a... Every gun is just like the periscope above the surface and what's below is just pain and dead people in misery right every gun is like a misery machine Ooh. and 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 to have them as like oh aren't we dangerous and then to not follow through on the inevitable horror of the, yep. what so, the implications absolutely feels like a lot and i'll tell you like i did not kit kat did not kill dish out of some like sense of you know like you know um gratuitous voyeurism like look at violence it's thrilling it was like a this is a horrible logical decision that he has been forced into to do anything else just felt dishonest yeah yeah, yeah it, it, it's it it really made sense with the character Kit Kat like just like the little bit that we learned about him in this episode is just like very logical very like I have to complete this task this is what I'm doing so mm -hmm. this is what I have to do A to B 
Man, it's funny. Uh, I didn't. I hadn't made this connection until now. But um, so I remember, like, this is this is a story that maybe needs a trigger warning. There is a gun involved. Um, so I was hanging out with my friends at this lake once. Uh, we were just like driving around, uh, and like this these like people got into this argument. I don't remember if it was with us or whatever, but like people were just like hanging out at the lake, drinking beers, whatever. And some guy pulled a gun and mm. like shot into the air, and we all like fucking Ooh. ran and hid oh, behind God. our cars and like peeled out. And I remember like. Like I got the same feeling when Dish shot or Dish got shot because I was like, oh, like th- it's the same kind of like, oh, suddenly the situation is so fucking real. It's real, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and you like, there's this like adrenaline rush and like, I don't know. It was like it was terrifying because yeah. I mean, I, I the gun wasn't pointed at anybody, but like you know, even shooting a gun into the air is just like, oh fuck, like we got to get out of here. Like things have gone really bad really fast. I've written about this before, um, but like it was like you know, I hadn't thought about that in years. We've talked a little bit, I think, in other fun chatties about like what one of the things we're trying to like, what are we trying to do with the game and like what kind of story are we trying to make? And I've talked a little bit about how, you know, like I think of what what we do as this is like doing theater for six people and, and how do you capture theater for six people and then give it to an audience. And we've talked a little bit about like what those moments are like, like the moments where you have ma- where, you, where you have made theater for six people. And I think that like that was the first one that we had. Mm-hmm. That moment was the first one where it was like all six of us were like and like I take no ownership over it. Like it was a you know collaborative experience. Right. Like we were all like, <gasps> fuck. Yeah. OK. Yeah now there are stakes that are in the room even though this is a fictional experience <laughs> happening in our brains. Yeah, right. Like that is what theater is. There sheep. Are... <laughs> you sheep. There, it feels like the stakes are in the room even though the entire story is just happening in your brain. Uh, and I think you guys did a really good job of like getting to that point and then once we were in it, like handling it and then, yeah. And then when I talked about bones everybody was sufficiently upset and <laughs> but like but like because it was not in those zones where we had talked about discomfort like we powered through it and i think it was yeah it felt meaningful to me yeah i mean it felt like we were doing something special in the room like it was like you could tell it was like good audio i was like damn like this is like this okay narratively it works Wait, we all looked at each other and thought damn good content <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, uh, thank you for listening to Fun Chatty episode 12. Um, uh, Stay tuned in a number of weeks for Anthony Carboni's special guest appearance as a... Could could happen anytime, anywhere. We will not name his character, but we're very excited uh, for you to hear... Uh, hear what he has to do. Um, it's a cool rapping dog. That's yes. right. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Let's they hear- had their big emotional moment, and they chose to keep the series going. <laughs> this is what you get. This is what you happens. get. The cool rapping dog. I mean, I'm the second Aunt Viv. Here we go. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize we got to please, please the shareholders somehow. <laughs> Thank you, investors. <laughs> um, we just a bit of business. Um, we are going to be taking next release week off. And so the show will be back in uh, one additional release cycle, which will be March 13th. March 13th. That's like two weeks from when this comes out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, but yeah, come and hang out on the Discord and join us on the Book Club. We're reading Neuromancer. It's a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, friends. Bye. 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 Bye.